Hello, my name is All Sports Snapper, or Dean to my family and friends, and I'm a sports photographer working full-time for Getty Images. Welcome to what I hope will be one of many discussions on many sports photography on my show I call the Photography Philosophy Podcast. My guess is that this will be one of many podcasts you listen to, so you know the drill. Get in contact with me via Twitter at AllSportsSnapper or my website AllSportsSnapper.com with any questions, recommendations or suggestions. This show is for sports photographers of any level, so the more feedback I get, the more I can make it suited to what you want. In the second episode, I speak to Christopher Lee, a London-based freelance sports photographer. I met Chris when I joined the sports department at Getty over a decade ago, and as a former field editor himself, he helped me learn about the business and editing on-site at events. I thought it would only be appropriate that all these years later, Chris should be one of the first people I spoke to when this podcast idea popped into my head. We sat down recently on assignment as we worked together in Portugal, and we spoke all things sports photography. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome. Thank you. Firstly, can you tell me your name and a little uh, bit about yourself? My name is Christopher Lee. Uh, I'm a freelance photographer, um, mainly work for Getty Images, uh, a few other clients, uh, and I shoot mainly sports-related photography these days. Okay. And um, can you tell me how you first got interested in photography? Um, yeah. Um, I loved photography as a child, um, sort of around about 13, 14. Um, luckily for me, my school taught photography at a GCSE level. Mm-hmm. So I was learning it from the age of 15, all the basics. Um, just liked taking pictures of anything that was around. Um, and yeah, and then with sports photography, I, I used to enjoy looking at newspapers and it was people like uh, David Ashdown and David Cannon's photography that made me realise that there was such a thing as sports photography. Um, being a useless sportsman myself, it was the only way I could still keep involved in a sport. I think that's how most sports photographers, they realise their sports career is not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So they think, All right, how can I stay involved? My sports career was... Uh, I was a goalkeeper at the age of 11 because I could touch the crossbow. Okay. And that was as good as I got. Chris is quite tall if you didn't... Uh... Yeah, sorry, I'm six foot four. <laughs> I was about six foot at the age of 11. Okay. Bit of a freak. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, what about uh, your first camera then? Like, where did that come from? Was that from a school or was that was that someone gave it to you or...? Um, yeah, the, the first... I'm trying to remember the first camera that my parents gave me. It was probably just a typical point and shoot uh, but the first camera that I was given at school was a little Pentax everything manual so you could learn and understand that wasn't a K1000 by any chance was it uh, I think it could have been you know I didn't pay much attention to what the camera was okay um, they just said right here's a camera everything's manual here's a roll of film and uh, pay attention to what you're doing when you're using shutter speeds and apertures and write everything down and try and understand why you shot it using those settings okay and then from there you just learn and you go back to the school with a roll of film of dreadful pictures <laughs> and your teacher would say right well you needed to have done this you need to have done this yeah and I think for me the best thing for me to learn was always to learn from mistakes mm-hmm. uh, the more mistakes I made the more I learned okay that seems to be the sort of standard uh 
standard information we get, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Learn um, from your own mistakes. Yeah, I think if people just say to you, right, go and shoot a game of football, you need a shutter speed of 500 and you need this aperture, you're not understanding why you're shooting at 500 at 2.8 or f4. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to be you need to be understanding why you're using a long depth of field, short depth of field, fast shutter speeds, slow shutter speeds, mm-hmm. and then understanding the zooms on your lenses. What was your teacher's name? Do you remember? Uh, Miss Janowski. Janowski. Yeah. So she's listening. Hopefully she's listening. Yeah, I've, I've bumped into her a few times since. Uh, back in back around my old school way, and uh, I think she's pretty impressed that out of all my school, I'm the only one that's become a f- professional photographer. That's very good. All right. Um, and uh, can you tell us how you uh, got start started working in photography? Um. Yeah. So I went to study photography at college for another couple of years. Uh, taught you studio setups. Um, they put you through, gave you some ideas like fashion photography, um, landscape photography. Um, never taught you sport photography. It's just never. I don't think it's really taught at school or college. It's, it's one of the ones that it's kind of just ignored. Portraiture, yeah. fine art. That seems to yeah, be a standard they teach you sort that. of thing. Yeah, um, and then for me, I actually met a guy who was a trainee. Sports photographer at Allsport at the time. Allsport being the one of the larger companies in the UK at the time. Yeah, it was it was huge. Uh, Allsport is probably the best sports photographic agency around at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, some amazing photographers, um, and it was the sort of people that you looked up to, and you'd pick up their uh, uh, book that they'd make visions of sport. And the whole time you just look through it with your jaw dropped to the floor because of the images that they were producing. And that was a yearly book, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, or... yeah, I think it was a yearly book. Um, I picked up a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Nice. I want to do that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And you'd look at the names and you'd wonder what type of person that was. Um, but it just—it was just. A, fact that they would freeze either huge sporting moments in time Mm -hmm. or they just produced beautiful pictures in some of the worst conditions around um it it was probably the first time that you you look at sports photography and realize that it is an art and it is a photography Mm -hmm. people don't appreciate the art that you get from sports photography i think that's part of the reason i started this podcast yeah uh, how does uh, what you started off learning, what you started off doing, compared to what you're doing now? I mean, how how much of a difference is there from what you learned at school to actually what you're doing now? Like, how much do you think you've actually carried on from the portraiture, from the from the landscape, like all these kind of things that you learned at school to what you're actually shooting on a daily basis and getting paid for now? Is there much sort of crossover there, or is it not really? Uh, uh, obviously, think- understanding the cameras <coughs> continued yeah. on. You're obviously learning every day mm-hmm. with what you do. And school taught me things like printing and processing and um, the history of photography. Mm-hmm. So it's quite nice to know the background of where your love and passion came from. Um, I think it's, it taught me the basics 
it made me understand, like I said earlier on, shutter speeds and apertures and depth of field. Um, and yeah, you probably you do use it these days. Um, probably you didn't get as adventurous with your lighting when it came down to shooting portraits as you do these days. Mm-hmm. And obviously, times change, techniques change, fashions change. People get bored of seeing the same type of portrait year after year, so you have to try and come up with something a bit different. Or uh, people like a lot of filters these days, whereas it's all done to like lighting. Years ago, people didn't have all the filters. Yeah, the mobile phone and certain programs and apps that sort of uh, yeah make a filter, make a picture look completely different. Uh, yeah, they certainly do. I mean, uh, they can make the worst pictures look amazing. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're incredibly clever things. I mean, you've got the iPhone at the moment and you've got the uh, advert with Apple and some of the photographs that are taken on the new iPhone are just stunning. Would you say you're a fan though of those apps, or what do you think that what do you think that does with photography? It's difficult, you know. It's like I love the fact that everyone has easy access to photography, mm-hmm. but then I hate the fact that people don't really understand what they're doing with photography, and then everybody seems to believe that they're a photographer, but yeah, they they don't understand what they've just done. Mm-hmm. They've picked up their phone, it's taken a picture. They've played around with it in Photoshop or whatever other program, and they've got this amazing picture. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's the future. Maybe it's more about retouching for the future of photography. Mm. Um, obviously, I've been in industry for about fifteen years, and I've got some good friends that are retouchers, and they've worked with some photographers that they tell me are horrendous. Um, they're messy, they leave kit lying around and all sorts and they're just constantly working on their images and changing them and adjusting the light and Yeah, but what do you think that I mean I've I've learnt off a lot of those guys that you said like all sport, the all sport photographers yeah. and uh you know, what what would they say, you know, about that kind of photographer that does that? You know, what what do you think that says about the photographer? Um they're not really photographers, are they? The, the new ones that are just playing around on computer afterwards. I think so. I, I, you know, maybe I'm yeah. being contra- maybe we're being controversial here. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, we're just being grumpy old. What? <laughs> um, I don't know. I kind of. I think we should move with the times, but I also, yeah, I, I also believe that. Uh, I think you can only really call yourself a photographer if you're understanding what your camera's doing, and. Yeah, we all need a little bit of work on the pictures afterwards, perhaps. But if mm. you can get that picture spot on in the camera, then yeah, then um, that's when you can call yourself a photographer. I believe. I'd say I'd say so as well. Yeah, getting it right in camera first time. Yeah, I mean, there's the guys that I've looked up to and still do now. They um, they can see a picture instantly and straight from the back of the camera. It's perfect, mm-hmm. and that's just that is phenomenal that they can they can do that every well, that, time. That brings me out to a question I was going to ask you a bit later, but like, who are these kind of who are these people that you still look at and admire their work? Um, it's definitely all of the senior guys at Getty Images, the original guys of all sport. Mm-hmm. 
other photographers in senior guys in Reuters, Action Images, PA. Mm-hmm. I think I look up to everyone. Like, even the youngsters coming through, I look at them mm-hmm. and I admire their work. They look at things differently. Yeah. Um, the old guys have got so much knowledge. Uh, like, I can just talk to them all day long, giving me tips and advice. And sometimes it's quite good to go to an event and just stop and watch what they're doing because you see them and they're, they're quick. Uh, and in sports photography, you have to be quick. You have to you have to see the moment before it's happened, really. And those old guys, they, they're already... I say old. I do apologise. They're still, they're still young. <laughs> but they're so quick. And uh, people like David Cannon, he shoots um, golf. And I've worked with him a couple of times on a golf course. And I'm pretty exhausted after the first couple of hours, but... Dave Cannon's going all day long. Yeah. And he's like a stealth. He just pops up out of a bush and he's he gets that picture instantly and then he moves straight onto another hole and he's the amount of people that he can get a photograph of in the day and I I'm struggling to pick up one person. Yeah, they after two or three holes. They just know the courses, they know the golfers, they know the they know everything yeah. about them, don't they? Yeah. But it's it's just yeah, they I don't know how they do it. If I did, then I'd be as good as him. <laughs> I guess so. But, I mean, what, what's David Cannon? He's a 60? I'd say so. Yeah. A young 60. He's a young 60. He's the fittest 60-year-old, I think, I ever know. <laughs> the guy's just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. agree. Um, what would uh, what would you say interests you now in terms of uh, sports-wise? What kind of jobs do you look forward to doing when uh, that assignment comes through from the office? Um, I love doing anything. Okay. Um, I could shoot tiddlywinks for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, tiddlywinks being? Tiddlywinks being? You, you don't know what tiddlywinks is? I'm just uh, thinking of uh, someone that's maybe listening from America or Australia <laughs> and is not <laughs> from South London. Uh, how can you explain tiddlywinks? Tiddlywinks is like these two flat tokens that people ping across the table. Okay. I've got to admit, I've never shot tiddlywinks. Okay. But I think I, I, think I would enjoy it. Um but yeah, not being as um, badly coordinated as I am, um, I enjoy any sport. Okay. Whether it's tiddlywinks, mm-hmm. chess, yeah, darts. <laughs> <laughs> Dean and I argued about whether these were sports the other day. <laughs> um, darts. Yeah. I appreciate the game and I appreciate the skill, but uh, I'm not going to put it as a sport. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Hate mail comes yeah, I was going to say, yeah, your <laughs> website's going to be closed down. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy any sport. Um, they've all got their good good points and their bad points. All right, let's um, move on then and okay. say that what's your dream job then? What would you say, What you know, what if you had a request from the office and said, look, I want to shoot... Dot dot dot. Yeah. What is that? What's that thing that you want to shoot? You're English, so is it going to be the ashes or <laughs> or something along those lines? Um, World Cup, Wimbledon. No, I mean I'm pretty lucky. I've photographed some pretty amazing events already. Like what? Um, Champions League finals. Yeah, I've been to World Cups. Never been to a World Cup final, but I've. Photographed World Cup group yeah. stages, uh, semis. Um, I've been to England Test cricket matches. Um, 
What about some American sports? Something like the NFL, maybe, or yeah, maybe I'd, I'd probably probably enjoy going to see the Super Bowl. Okay, because it's such a an enormous event and they put on such a entertainment and a display. It's a show, isn't it? It is a show, yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and the sport as well is is enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't think there's anything. You've achieved your dreams already. No, not at all. I just, <laughs> I just love shooting anything. Yeah, okay. As, I'm happy to shoot as long as I've got a camera in my hand. I'm happy to shoot anything, and I'll enjoy anything. And I think I'd have to. I'm pretty close. I think I'd say that I'd say the same thing. Yeah, you are there too. Okay, now we get to uh, equipment. Hmm. What kit do you use? Um, I am using Nikon mm-hmm. equipment at the moment. Um, I was brought up with Canon. Yeah. Um. And when you say Nikon, let's be a bit more specific. We're talking... Currently, I've got D4s. D4s? How many? Uh, two D4s. Okay. Uh, I've got a couple of D3s. Mm-hmm. Um, looking to buy some D4s's. Okay. Uh, for sports photographers, I think a basic kit will be two good bodies. Mm-hmm. So whatever, there's the best body you can buy at the time. Um... 400 mil f2.8 your 70 to 200 mil 2.8 uh 24 to 70 uh and yeah maybe a 16 to 35 yeah a couple of flash guns so we're talking yes that's wide your, angle yeah that's your basic kit 24 70 sort of your mid range yeah. and then yeah. a bit of a zoom in the 70 200 yeah and then obviously the 400 is your uh yeah prime lens exactly would you say most of your work's on the 400? Uh, yeah, I suppose I shoot a lot more football and rugby. Um, and then in the wind, in the summer, that's when your lenses really change, really. Because if you shoot cricket, you've got to want to be on a 500 or a 600. Um, if you shoot in tennis, depending on where you, what uh, arena you work at, but you're, you're working on a 300. Mm-hmm. I'm sure tennis photographers out there would correct me. Um think you'd be pretty close yeah yeah 300 to 400 yeah you're looking at a 300 to 4 depends on what you want yeah um in an ideal world you'd have every lens you could because I'm, I'm i'm not a believer in the converter i don't like one poor converters two times converters i think they lose the quality sharpness of you've the got final my, image you've got my agreement on you there yeah as well. so when i first started uh company called Action Images, uh, again, a place for some amazing photographers. There was a, a senior photographer that also had to do all the office work and, uh, well, he, he was a director of the company and he ran the company, a guy called Tony Henshaw. His little slogan to me was always, big and bold, big and bold. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot them large in the frame. Yeah. And that way you've got the quality and the backgrounds are all lost and it's just yeah much nicer I think it's uh, yeah it's a cha- it might have changed a little bit now with a lot of guys with the you know they've got bigger files and yeah access to Photoshop and cropping sort of some of that has yeah disappeared a bit hasn't it it is it is um, I think our demands from clients as well have changed ideas a bit um, but yeah you're right people with I mean what are the D4s and D4S they're shooting 40 meg files yeah so you can 
crop into the image and you've still got a large file but you just you you're, you can still see that the background's yeah not as blown out agree uh, as it should be uh, what about a kit that you uh, obviously we said you know you wish you had pretty much every lens mm. what about a kit that you've bought that you actually don't use is there anything in your kit bag that sort of doesn't get uh, get a workout every now and then um I suppose something like a fisheye lens. I've got yeah. a fisheye lens I carry everywhere. Yeah. But I just know that I'll go to somewhere. The fisheye lens will look amazing. Mm-hmm. I'll use it once. And then I won't use it for another couple of months. Yeah. It's not a heavy lens to carry, obviously, so I like that one. But, yeah, I probably carry a lot of lenses. Uh, and there's a few things that will just sit around and not be used for a few months. But... You still need them in the bag. Yeah, I'm one of these people that if I don't take it, I'm going to want it. Yeah. And I'm going to be annoyed at myself that I didn't bring it. <laughs> and I'm going to be regretting that I missed that image. Because you didn't carry that little fish Because I own. wasn't carrying it, yeah. I was being lazy and I thought, you know what, my back's killing me this week. Let's just give myself a I'll break. I'll leave the smallest, lightest things yeah. I have. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> to save weight. Yeah. Notice how the, like, you can tell that I'm slightly stupid. <laughs> We all are, aren't we? Yeah, possibly. Um, okay, what about your workflow? How do how do you from the moment you press the the button, the shutter, mm. frames taken? Mm. What happens then? A lot of the time, the delete button is probably the first first button I press. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, like technology as well, and the speed of demand from clients these days is is phenomenal. Um, I'm shooting a game of Premiership football. Um, I take a frame, um, and then on all the digital cameras, um, you scroll through your image, make sure it's a decent image, mm-hmm. double check that it's sharp. Yeah, and then again, press another couple of buttons, and your little um, Wi-Fi device on the side of the camera. Yeah, will send it straight to the office or okay. to, to Getty Images where the guys there work their socks off and uh, okay so here we're talking about you've got a wireless transmitter that transmits your pictures from your camera directly to an FTP address yeah. uh, um, that drops in a box yep. in our London office yep. and then the London office will have a team yep. of two or three or four editors yep were dedicated to the Premier League days events, mm-hmm. and then they will sit down, crop, Photoshop, mm. and um, well, basic Photoshop, very basic, very basic yeah. uh, Photoshopping. Doing editorial, you're not allowed to yeah. adjust. The There's no adding or removing no. things from the frame. No, this is as you shot it, just as you shot it, and then they'll caption it, yeah. and then they'll send it to our clients to the client list to the global clients, with global Getty, clients, yeah, yeah, with Getty, yeah. Uh, what about if you're on your own? What about if you're doing a smaller job? Like obviously that's working with a team of people and obviously the Premier League is one of the biggest mm. leagues in the world. What about if you're working on your own at a smaller event? Um, what would you do with your... How does your how does it go then? How, what's the difference then from what you do? With um, a, say for example, I'm, well, I'm, at, uh, I'm at an event and there's no time demand for my mm-hmm. images. Yeah. I will just shoot my images as normal. Mm-hmm. Um... And then, at the end of the day, download the images. Okay. Scroll through the images. Yeah. Pick out my best. Yeah. Again, a slight 
adjustment with Photoshop if needed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just send them to a web address really. It's, okay. It's not really rocket science anymore. It's quite simple. Yeah. <laughs> Technology's made it a lot easier. Than yeah. I mean, I, I well tell actually. I don't do I, mean, a, I know obviously I I know you, Chris, and I know where you've your history, and you started off at editing as well. Like, just give us a brief rundown of what editing was like, say fifteen years ago. Yeah, that would be a different thing. So, yeah, when I first started, I was nineteen, and when I started, we were still using film, and we were moving into the digital age, and. Websites were being built for photographic agencies, so I was given a job uh, in the office, scanning in negatives and transparencies, and adjusting the images and uploading them onto the internet. And I got in trouble quite a lot with my boss because I would literally sit there all day long just staring at these negs because some of the images were just amazing. <laughs> and I was probably one of the slowest workflow editors that we had because I was more interested in looking at the pictures reading about the pictures and finding out about the pictures than I was scanning them in and delivering, them to, the delivering them to the clients yeah yeah <laughs> I wasn't the best that's probably why they sent me out as a technician quite soon because um, they knew I was useless in the office so I would travel with senior photographers action images as their technician and my kit would be a large suitcase which would have um, developing tanks in them we would also then have um, our developing chemicals and our fixer chemicals mm -hmm. and I would also carry a rather large Kodak scanner I can't remember the actual number of this Kodak scanner but it was just as big as your normal suitcase that you would travel on holiday with it was humongous but it did the best scans um, and the pictures were always good quality it was it was mainly used or it should have been used in an office mm -hmm. but I used to carry it everywhere I went so and this developing would happen where in cars or uh... all sorts of places yeah so um, a lot of the time we would it'd be football. Action Images was mainly a big football company. So we'd go to, example... Football being soccer. Yeah, sorry, yeah. football and soccer. Uh, we'd go to places like Liverpool FC, Anfield. Um, and because technology had been changing, a lot of these clubs didn't really have any facilities for photographers to develop and scan and stuff. They were just used to photographers turning up and going home. Mm -hmm. So we would knock on people's houses... And we'd say, excuse me, we'd like to use your house. Houses at the surrounding area of the yeah, stadiums. Yeah, a close, a close house nearby. Hopefully no more than five minutes yeah. from an entrance to the stadium. And we'd knock on the door and say, excuse me, we'd like to use your house to develop some images and send them back to our office if possible. Sounds a bit random, doesn't it? We did get some funny looks for some people. <laughs> um, we would say... Can I, can I pour some chemicals down your sink? We'd never tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> we would never tell people that. Um, which was probably a bad move. Um, and we'd say to these people, right, we'd obviously pay you to yep. use your services. All we need is some power. Uh, we're not going to use any of your phone lines or cost you any money. Yeah. Uh, 
And surprisingly, in some places, people were like, yeah, more than happy to come on in. Yeah. And we'd, we'd take a little corner of their kitchen or something, and we'd have our, we'd pretty much take over their kitchen for the day. Yeah. Uh, we'd take over the whole worktop with our scanners and laptops. And you put your developers um, in the heaters, keep them all warm, so that's be a perfect temperature. Uh, the photographer would go and shoot the game. He would have maybe 10 minutes maximum to get a, an action picture. Mm-hmm. and I would take that roll of film and I would run back to that house and in my little um, black bag um, I'd have my developing tank and uh, spirals so in the complete darkness of this black bag you would put your roll of film on the spiral yeah, put it in the tank and then once all the tank was locked up and everything it could come out of the black bag that's when you put it in the dev uh, developing yeah there's developing fluid uh, that would be a certain time the time would get longer if you had pushed your roller film mm-hmm. so if you were shooting a night game you'd be on uh, 800 ISO roller film but you might push it one or two stops because you were working under some bad floodlights so that would adjust your time in the tank um, you'd then pour the dev back into your developing um, container that you'd keep in some hot water that'd be the same dev that you'd keep using throughout the day and then you put fix in it uh, again another time and then you'd the fix would seal the uh, image on the uh, yeah that's negative. right yeah yeah um and you'd get your roll of film out and you'd dry it off with a hair dryer some people used to use a sneaky little trick where they'd put it through um it's called dry snow yeah dry snow and you could light it with a cigarette lighter at the bottom and the whole thing would go up in flames but because it just burned the alcohol within seconds it dried the film and never damaged the film I never wanted to risk this so I never did this putting a lighter to someone's pictures is not really a good idea I swear I thought I'm I'm not that clever so I'd never do it but I've seen it done and it was impressive but no I'd rather just do it the basic way Um, so yeah then I would uh, quickly scroll through these necks grab an action picture, or if it was a goal or a celly in the first 10 minutes, then great. And um, we'd scan it in, which would probably take us about five minutes. And you didn't move the worktops because the scanner would wobble. And then you'd have to do the scan all over again. So it was like the old date dot matrix uh, printers where it sort of it'd take a little line by line. Yeah. I mean, I was, the, the Kodak scanner would do all the cyan first, all the magenta. Uh, and it would do it all by layer and if you wobbled it during that layer the scan was ruined and you'd have to do it all over again and because we were always pushed for time um, you just didn't go anywhere near you keep keep distance Uh, so yeah and then we'd scan it into the laptops and then I think it used to take us maybe just short of 10 minutes to then send that picture to our picture desk back in London and then they would send it out to the newspapers. So back in those days, from the photographer to the desk and to the newspapers, we'd probably have an action picture over to them by half time. Okay. Um, So that would supply uh, the early editions of the newspapers in England. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and then yeah a few of the photographers at the time were using digital cameras but the quality wasn't very good yeah not for because I worked for an agency yeah our clients weren't just newspapers we had magazines and advertising agencies 
and digital photography was no good for them. I remember fine, fine for newspapers, but no good for them. So there was only a few photographers that did digital in those days. Like two megapixel cameras and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they were huge, great bricks, Kodak yeah. bricks. Yeah. Um, and the, the photographers at the time as well were, were, were incredible because I think you got two frames a second. Yeah. Three frames a second. Yeah. So their, their timing was spot on. Yeah. Whereas I think people would have been using um, Nikon F5s. Um, I don't know, Canon EOS, uh, what was it, Canon EOS 1s? Canon EOS 5s in those days, Okay, I think. Um, and they were, because it was roller film, I think you were getting seven frames a second. So your timing didn't have to be as perfect in film. Yeah. It was still spot on, I mean, because you only had 36, well, say 35 images on your neg yeah. in those days. People didn't just blast away willy-nilly. They weren't Gatling guns. They, yeah. it, they would still only shoot maybe three, four frames of an action picture. Yeah. And it was all about timing. Because if you'd got to, say, 30, 31 frames, you'd want to make sure that you had some frames left over in case a goal and a celebration had gone in. So <laughs> they'd have to time it right to uh, rewind their roll of film. Yeah. Then put another roll of film in. And how many yeah. pictures do you think are being delivered that on a, on average compared to what we do now? So a premiership game of football in those days or a division one game of football in those days, we would probably wire no more than 10 images from mm. a game. Maybe like, less than that. And how many are we sending out? I mean, the, obviously the time difference now and the laptops and yeah. it's completely different. But, you know, we're looking at how many pictures are you sending? How many pictures are we sending now from a match? Yeah, I could go to a, a premiership game of football now and easily do 30 to 40 images yeah what about uh, Champions League match Champions League for oh, yeah you're looking in thousands aren't you yeah um when I was teching one of my biggest games was the European Cup final uh and I think Liverpool were in it I can't remember who they played actually it's pretty bad but I was the only technician for four photographers wow and that night I developed and scanned, well, I developed 50 rolls of film. Okay. Um, and bearing in mind that took like 10 minutes to roll or develop at least one roll of film. Yeah. Or, or you could do you could do five at a time because you had big dev tanks. So I was devving and scanning. I did about 50 rolls of film plus I was scanning and then sending some digital images that night. I think even then we only sent... 80 images okay yeah I mean I've seen uh, the last Champions League final was well over a thousand pictures yeah from the game but then yeah. again we probably did have six or seven photographers yeah if not well Getty would have even more yeah they? yeah um, things have changed a lot haven't they yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it's changing for the good it's yeah. also changing for the bad I think yeah um, but yeah it's I think you can pretty much sum a game up quite quickly, can't you, in um, in 20 images? I think so, yeah. Maybe less. Yeah, depending on the game, again, yeah. the incidents and stuff. Depending like on goals, right, incidents yeah. and things. Yeah, but there's only celebrations, yellow, red cards. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. But you were a lot more selective in those days, though. Because you had the, the demand for a celebration, you'd only ever send one. Yeah. Because it took you 10, 15 minutes to scan it in and send it, let alone dev it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. 
I'm saying dev developing. Film Sorry, yeah, I just shoot on it down. Yeah, dev. He's good. To some of your, some of the slang words. Yeah, sort of... <laughs> we was in such a rush, we didn't even use the full words yeah. at the time. That's why <laughs> we just dev and fix. All right, Crystal. Um, thank you for your time. But I've got one more question to ask you. Um, if you could go back, back in time, hmm. to young, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year old Chris. Yeah. What would you? What do you think? Would you tell? him is there anything you would uh... it's a difficult one because when I was I've always loved my photography but yeah at the age of 19 I took my first photography job and for about this was for with for with action this was with action images yeah. yeah I mean uh, for me a fantastic company mm-hmm. they, they were people wise like um the amount of staff, they were quite small. Yeah. But they were global. They were a big firm. Um, and because we did have a small amount of staff, it meant I was involved in a lot more. And um, so I probably progressed a lot quicker. With Being a small firm. Yeah. Yeah. But it meant I was working six, seven day weeks. Which is quite a lot, I think, for a 19-year-old, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, all my friends were... They would do Mondays to Fridays. They were out partying Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. recovering Sunday. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> I was driving up to Newcastle on a Saturday. Yeah. I wasn't getting home till three, three in the morning. Yeah. And then Sunday, I'd be driving to Southampton, and then not getting home from there till, or oh, uh, yeah, say ten o'clock. And night, this is all for uh, football. Soccer. Yeah, this is yeah mainly football and soccer at the time. Action, which is their main bread and butter, was soccer. Yeah. We would do. We had a few photographers that would travel around doing tennis and Formula One, mm-hmm. but they kind of looked after themselves. Uh, yeah. They did their own editing, so there wasn't much of a demand. Okay. Through action images for those guys, uh, they still obviously shot fabulous pictures and yeah. action images still sold wonderful pictures, and made money from them. But yeah, when I started, it was the newspapers that were demanding pictures ASAP. Yeah. They needed to hit their deadlines in the evening, and it was big competition. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the UK, football, soccer is the big industry. Um, everybody's wanting to read about it. Everyone wants to see the pictures. And yeah, there were deadlines to meet. So um, we, I think yeah, we were having games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights. There'd be Friday night games, Saturdays, Sundays. Um, when I wasn't at a ground, I was back in the office devin and editing and captioning slides because we'd, we'd obviously shoot the game and we'd only send 10 15 images that summed up the storyline of the game mm-hmm. but the guys would also shoot what we would call stock images so full head-to-toe shots of individual players and they were the big money spenders like you could always use uh a picture of gary lineker head-to-toe whenever uh I remember my wall was uh, like every young teenager yeah. full of sports yeah. football players. They'd, they'd be the poster shots and yeah. they'd be your um, Merlin sticker yeah. pictures. And the uh, player cards, the swap yeah, cards you saw. Right. Yeah, yeah. saw that stuff. Yeah. So they, they were the big money makers. So our photographers would have to shoot stock images as well as action images. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we I was working long hours. So yeah, going back to your original question, what would I tell a nineteen year old Christopher? 
I don't really know. Work harder, work less. <laughs> Pay more attention, I think. Yeah. Maybe with, with photography. Because I, lo- I loved my photography. I do love my photography. So, in a way, you could tell the young Christopher to go out and enjoy himself more, go out of his mates. Yeah. Because I lost, I lost, no, I lost mates yeah. in those days because they were all going out on lad holidays and and there's a group of mates, luckily enough for me, there's a group of mates that I've known since I was four and I didn't really see them for about five years, six mm-hmm. years. But then we managed to all just catch up and because we're such good mates, no one, it, it was forgotten about. Yeah. But yeah, five years of my life pretty much just went to work. Uh, there wasn't many nights out. Um, and I should have paid more attention I think with with my photography learnt more um, so I really wouldn't know what to say to a young Christopher <laughs> Follow, it's I a just, difficult question it right? is a difficult question because I, I love where I am now yeah um, your work so, now is um, you're saying it all, all forget it's mainly forgetty yeah yeah, and it's uh, mainly sport. But it, what what other things? I mean, I know we're adding another question on here, but what else? What are the other things that you shoot then, apart from the sport, the action sport? Then what? What other jobs are there? Um, well, at sporting events, there's a lot more advertising these days, and some clients want pictures of nice advertising mm-hmm. pictures. So I can I could do an event where all I'm shooting is really nice pictures with a certain ad board in the background. Yeah. And that might sound pretty easy and simple, but to get a nice one, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout my career, I was always taught not to get that ad board in yeah. focus. Yeah. You want to blow it out as much as you can. Yeah. You don't want the eyes being distracted from what the picture is. And now you have to change your mind about it and you, and you shoot it so that there's still a bit of branding in that images. Mm-hmm. So there's like commercial work like that involved, marketing work. There's PR photography now as well. Um, and obviously with technology like Twitter and um, social media, yeah, people want certain pictures with a bit of branding and discreet, subtle branding. Um so there's that kind of photography. There'll be some, still some studio stuff that I'll do with um, sportsmen. That could either be casual or it might be a new kit that they've been given this year. Mm-hmm. Um, new football boots. Uh, have you ever tried, have you, do you, I know, do you ever cross in different genres like do you ever do any weddings or anything like that as well for a bit of extra cash or is it more is it just still in the sports side of your yeah I'd rather just stick to sport um, I've done a few weddings for friends and I've found them a complete scary nightmare because <laughs> there's more pressure on a wedding I think yeah. if I miss the picture from the World Cup final I'm sure people at whoever I was working for would really tell me off and not talk to me for a month or two yeah but if I miss a certain moment or a mess up someone's wedding, they can't redo it. No. That's, that's <laughs> their one day of their life that they've probably spent £20,000 on and, yeah. and I've gone and ruined it. If not them. more. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. Days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, no, I've given up on weddings because I found them too stressful. As it comes, if I, I could never do uh, like news, war photography, I'm not that. 
kind of it's another way of shooting photography as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not for me. Those guys are in, incredible as well. I'm very impressive. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could really enjoy or get involved in disasters. I don't. I don't know whether these news photographers enjoy. It. I, I can't imagine they do enjoy them, but. No, there's a bit of different mentality involved. Um, entertainment photography, I can't stand. Um, <laughs> not the actual photography. Again, those photographers are very, very clever. Yeah. They, some of the guys shoot some beautiful images. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not for you. It's not my enjoyment. No, no, no. Sport is my enjoyment. Okay. Uh, and I think that's the only thing I can really shoot. All right, cool. So, well, um, Thank you for your time, Chris. No worries. As uh, one of the first yeah. to sit down next to me. And Sorry <laughs> if I waffled on. I've probably put a few people to sleep by now. No, no, no. It's probably it's, a good um, bedtime listening. Yeah. <laughs> to get our listeners off to bed. Yeah, they? yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much for your time. No worries. And um, yeah, I'll see you uh, on the football field somewhere. Perfect. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, You're my first real interview, my first interview on a podcast. So um, I'd like to thank you very much for putting up with me. Um, Secondly, just to add a little bit to our discussion that we had, um, a few days later, I was working with Chris. He did uh, had a bit more time to think about it and did mention that if there was one event that he would like to shoot, it would be the always emotional men's golf competition between the teams from Europe and the United States, the very famous Ryder Cup. So uh, DC, Redders, our uh, Getty Golf Gurus. If you're listening out there, please keep Chris in mind in 2016. Uh, third item, I forgot to ask Chris's details so um, for the podcast. So if you want to get um, see some of Chris's work, some of his amazing work that he does do, um, it's ChristopherLeePhotography.co.uk or on Twitter at Chris Lee Photos. All normal spelling. Um, but you'll see links to that on my uh, on my website. And finally, thank you, the listener, for putting up with me. So I hope you like the show. Um, and if you do, please contact me at uh, AllSportsNapper or my website, AllSportsNapper.com. My name is Dean. Thank you for your time. Last thing, I promise, observe, listen, and practice. Your best photo could be one frame away. <laughs> <laughs>